Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Vieira. Join me as I interview YouTube superstars in the worlds of beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. I go in depth with your favorite video vloggers and discuss their journeys to success and the struggles they encountered along the way. We go behind the scenes of the world of vlogging and talk about what works and what doesn't and what it takes to be a YouTube superstar. So sit back and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Hello, beauties. Erica here with another interview for you. And for this episode of Beauty in the Vlog, I am super excited to have Charles Gross here on the show. So I am going to kind of give you a little bit of background on Charles, and then we'll get right into the interview. So he is a new YouTuber. And one of the reasons why I'm actually bringing him on the show is because I've had so many requests from people to bring on somebody who is a newer YouTuber. And he just started his channel October of 2014. He's 20 years old and lives in New York City. His channel has a variety of videos, including tips on how to choose a handbag and accessories, along with candid conversations and fashion tips. His channel has seen rapid growth, and he already has 32,000 subscribers and an impressive 2.6 million video views in less than a year. So we've got a lot to talk about. So Charles, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. So why don't we first get started with talking about what inspired you to start a YouTube channel? It was very serendipitous, but I think I started as a YouTube watcher. I think a lot of YouTubers say that. I started watching YouTube and I started with all these YouTube idols and it kind of seemed out of reach to make YouTube a career. It kind of seemed like this very mysterious but glamorous thing that, that people were doing. So I, um, I just one day decided I would make a video without any intentions, just harmless, put up a video. And I started to get views, um, a very small amount in the beginning. But I, I just really loved it. And I said, you know, whether or not people watch, it's something I really want to start to do. Um, so it was just very, like, casual serendipitous start there was no like planning like I'm going to make this my career and I want to you know I didn't have like a real game plan when I started yeah that's what I was going to ask like did you have like a goal in mind or were you thinking because I know you focus a lot on videos that have to do with designer handbags and mm -hmm. accessories and things like that did you have a goal in mind when you when you upload the videos or did you what was your, kind of your thought at that moment well because I feel like YouTube is a very, it's not a very secure industry. You know, there's no way to guarantee views or guarantee people will watch. I, um, I kind of didn't want to get my hopes up, in the, hopes up in the beginning. I just said, let me put up a video, see what happens. Mm -hmm. And the audience grew and I love interacting with the audience. And that was kind of like the motivation where I said, wow, this is something I really love doing. But when I very first started, it was kind of like, I didn't want to put all of my eggs in one basket. So I just said, let's put up a video, let's have fun. But I knew even if, you know, it didn't become a success. I knew it was going to be a hobby. Just, it was so fun, regardless of whether people were watching. So what do you do? Maybe tell people who aren't familiar with who you are, what you do outside of YouTube as, as okay. a work and all that. Mm -hmm. um, so before I started YouTube, I was selling handbags. That's how I got it started in the fashion industry. And then to supplement YouTube, my career is Photoshop retouching. Mm -hmm. So I work with photographers and they'll send me photos after their shoots and I retouched them. Um, and that just started as a hobby. I did it for free for some friends. And then they said, you really should be charging for this. And so I started. And then word of mouth 
they kind of, you know, they'll say, oh, I have a friend who's doing a project. Would you like to retouch for him? And so that kind of is my job outside of YouTube. But YouTube is, I would say, 90% of my, my time now. Oh, wow. So yeah. you, you just started in October of last mm-hmm. year. So like yeah. a little less than a year ago. So when you started, you were kind of working in like the doing Photoshop and you were mm-hmm. reselling designer handbags or doing that. Yeah. At yeah. what point did it kind of change where now it's like 90%? Have you given up the other two things or kind of what was that progression? Well, the progression, I think, was very overnight. It was, I forgot exactly when, but I made an announcement on my channel that I was going to make videos every day. Mm. And I knew that was kind of like a big responsibility and it was a lot to take on. But, and at that point, I didn't have many subscribers. I was still very small channel, but I said, I want to make videos every day. I really want to commit to this. And I don't know, just something in me said, I I really want to make this a full-time thing. I really love YouTube and I'm really passionate about it. And so just overnight, I kind of transitioned into doing daily videos. And that's when I really realized that it was going to be my full-time thing to say. But I gave up the handbags before I started YouTube. Okay. Um, Yeah, I still do Photoshop retouching along with my daily videos um, because the Photoshop retouching I can do as long as I have my computer, I can do it. Um, But the Photoshop retouching is a very small part of my career, I think, is, is YouTube is the majority of it. So are you actually making money through YouTube now? Yes. Through, and is it through the AdSense or is it through opportunities that come as a result of you being on YouTube? I think it's a good combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, AdSense revenue is there and it's great, but it's not, it's not a ton of money. Yeah. Um, you know, it's certainly not, not enough to live off of. So um, definitely branding opportunities have been an incredible, incredible source of income. And I think um, a lot of viewers have a problem with it, but um, it's, it's a, great, a great source of income for YouTubers. Yeah, I mean, and it's the reality that, like you said, AdSense is nice, but it, it's really not a lot. And so right. if, 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 uh, if you enjoy people on YouTube and watching them, I mean, there's a cost to that. It costs money, and AdSense exactly. certainly isn't enough to cover even the cost, barely. So right. um, you have to find other ways and, and you know, brand deals and things like that is definitely an option. Um, so, okay. So I find it, I love kind of watching your channel because you, you do have a lot of these videos that you talk about like handbags and things like that um, Mm -hmm. because you have so much knowledge of it. Do you, is that, I mean, why do you, I guess my question is why do you think that your channel grew so quickly. Because I noticed that some of those videos in particular have a lot of views. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that had something to do with it or if you have any other you know, insight in that that you could share. Um, I don't know. The growth, um, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what facet of the channel really contributed to the growth the most. Um, I would say definitely the handbag videos. Um, there is a large audience of people that love designer handbags and are looking for tips. Um, I try to kind of not corner myself Mm -hmm. and not only do designer handbag videos. I wanted to make it more broad and be um, a more like a fashion channel as opposed to just be like a handbag channel. And there's nothing wrong with being, you know, a handbag channel, but if you corner yourself into a niche too much, you really limit your audience. So the growth, I don't know where the growth came from specifically. I think, um, I think when you start on YouTube, you really have to make sure you're a hundred percent original Mm-hmm. There are so many people starting on YouTube now, 
and they, you know, they'll start and they look up to a really big YouTuber and, you know, unintentionally they become a little bit derivative of that YouTuber. And so you see a lot of small channels and they're doing kind of the same videos that a lot of other people are doing. And so my whole thing was when I started, I said, I have to be original. If I'm going to do this, you know, if I'm a, I'm a YouTube viewer too, and I, I don't like it when things are too, you know, all the same. So I said, I want to make sure that my viewers get original content and stuff that they're going to want to come back and watch because it would be unfair to them to like get them to watch my channel and then just do, you know, the same old stuff that they can see all over the place on YouTube. Are there any videos that you're particularly proud of that you feel are aligned with that? The idea of that, you know, you really wanted to do original videos. Which of those videos? Sorry, sorry, you cut out for just oh, a second. Oh, sorry. I said, yeah, are there any of those videos that you're kind of proud of for that, that, that you have, that you put out? Definitely. I think the one um, that I did a talking about wealth and money, um, and the title has an expletive in it, but it's like, I'm effing rich. I think that video, I was really scared to put up, but mm-hmm. I knew it's a lot of people on YouTube don't talk about money, and it's yeah. a very taboo subject. Um, and my whole thing is like being 100% candid and honest. And a lot of YouTubers, the great thing about YouTube, but also, you know, it's a double-edged sword, is you can curate what people see of you. And, you, you know, you're the producer, you're the cameraman, you're the editor. Yeah. You can create this, you know, this facade. And I like to poke holes in that and show people everything about me in complete transparency. So when I put up that video um, and I got a positive response from it, which I was surprised at, uh, <laughs> um, I was really proud of that one because it, no one on YouTube really mentions money and, and where they come from in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's Money is definitely a little bit of a taboo topic. I mean, it's part of the reason why I like to do this show because I think there's so many aspects of the business of YouTube that don't get talked about. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of a glossy facade of, oh, I'm going to put on makeup. I'm going to do this. But right. there's, it's a business and a definitely. business has to make money. And for a lot of people... You know, it's there's a lot of people that look up to YouTubers and see I want to make YouTube a career, and you're like, okay, okay, right. let's 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 break this down. So how is that actually going to happen? And you know, I, in my opinion, a lot of YouTubers get support, whether from you know spouses or family or friend and this and that, because it's not that easy to make money on YouTube. But at the same time, there are people making a lot of money on YouTube. But regardless, nobody's talking about it. So everything exactly. kind of gets clumped together. And like they look at Bethany Moda and Michelle Fon, like, oh my God, I'll be a YouTuber. But there's so much more than that. And actually, one mm-hmm. of the, that's, I love that video. And I'll link it for you guys um, that are listening and watching it down below so you can check it out. But I love that video that you put because I thought it was very interesting. And it, I like it when people talk about things like that. Mm-hmm. One thing that people don't mention with YouTube is, like starting any business, there's a huge overhead cost. A lot of, yep. if you watch these videos, how to be a YouTuber, they say, oh, use your, I don't know, cell phone or your, your webcam, yep. and as long as you have internet, you can be a YouTuber. And while, in theory, that is true, you know, it, it does cost a lot in that you should, I would say it's good to start with good camera equipment, but the overhead cost is there in that when you first start, you're not making any money. It's almost 100% losses. You need the equipment. You need to be able to pay for internet. You need to have the time to do it. And it's not a fast thing. There's no fast or guaranteed return of your investment. So, you know, the thing that holds a lot of people back is that the overhead cost is, is really, ex- it's, an, it's an expensive thing to, to kind of start up with. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really lucky. And what I talked about in that video is that I have the means that I'm able to not have to work full time and be able to afford the equipment and everything that I was able to kind of jumpstart the uh, the whole YouTube thing. 
Yeah, and I agree because I do hear, I mean, I hear a lot of different things. I hear some people will say, you know, if you're going to start, start with good equipment because YouTube is so saturated. So why would somebody watch you on a webcam unless there's something incredibly different and unique about you, which is what you kind of were getting at, you know, at the beginning of of our interview, unless there's something super different and unique, then... Why would somebody watch your video, your monthly favorites, your review on the latest product when there's somebody else with absolutely fantastic equipment doing the same thing? So it's incredibly saturated. And if you're going to get started now, exactly, you have to kind of be on that same level. When you look at when someone like Candy Johnson started way back in the day, I mean, she was just using, and, and Marlena from Makeup Geek, they mm-hmm. were just using their webcams. But there were only maybe like 30 people doing that. Right. <laughs> so it's like, it exactly. was different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you start now, I mean, you can't, again, you can start on a webcam, but it just, unless there is something that is strikingly different, you're right about the saturation because you know, unlike Hollywood, where you have to go through an agent and go mm-hmm. through auditions and this, that, and the other, anyone yeah. can put up anything on YouTube. There's no one filtering it. So you have to, when I started, my whole thing was I said, if I'm going to make this work, I have to be different. I have to be, and I thought, you know, the, I, I, I thought about, you know, playing up my personality or acting a little bit, but I mm-hmm. said, you know, I think me, just who I am is kind of different on YouTube. And I think, I said, just be 100% candid and maybe that candidness will be different enough. Um, so yeah, definitely you have to be very unique and have good quality equipment. That's, I think what, is a must. that's what I was going to ask you. So, you know, other than being unique, what else would you say someone just starting off YouTube can? Woo. <laughs> so, Sorry, that was my doorbell. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, someone just starting off YouTube should do um, to kind of see that kind of rapid growth that, that you've experienced. Um. It's hard to put like a a single, oh, you should do this. And a lot of people think when they first start that there's like this secret formula that we're using, like this and you'll get views. I think if you're just yourself, um, you're very unique. And as I said, unique before, but I think if you kind of, I don't know, it's it's hard to like figure out one thing um, because I really do feel like YouTube is kind of luck of the draw. Mm -hmm. Um, Besides being unique, I just think be very candid, be very open, um, have good production quality and I think, I don't know, I think it's just if you find a, an audience that's interested in watching you, but it, it's hard to say that there's one thing. Um, I definitely think promotion, um, working with other YouTubers, um, being active in the community is really important. And when you first hear that, when I first started, everybody was saying, oh, be active in the community. And you kind of like rolled your eyes at that, like, oh, what am I going to comment on someone's video and I'll get subscribers overnight. Yeah. But in, in reality, it really does work. It takes time. I think patience is a important thing people now kids see these teenagers overnight become like viral success Mm -hmm. and that's so rare so when you're first starting out if you really want longevity um i think it's really important to ensconce yourself and become part of the youtube community and comment and chat with people and reach out to people i think that's so important yeah i think it's it's one of the things that I think people get a little bit confused about because I get a lot of people asking me like, you know, what, what, you know, how do you collaborate with other people if you have like a super small channel and how -hmm. do you get to know other people when you're in the middle of nowhere and you don't know anybody else who does YouTube? And I mean, what would be your answer to that? Just commenting or? I think, you know, you have people forget, you know, we, we idolize these big YouTubers, but you have to remember they're just people. Everybody's the same. And so write them a message, tweet them, um, and you'd really be surprised at how many 
responses, how many responses you'd get. Because, like, I remember when I first started, um, I tweeted Casey Neistat um, in the very beginning when he had, I think he was at like 600,000 subscribers. And I had, I don't know, 300 subscribers. I just tweeted in one of my videos and I said, hey, Casey. And I didn't expect anything from it. And he tweeted me back and he subscribed to me. He's still subscribed to me now. And I think if you reach out and you are confident, you just go after the, the big YouTubers and say, hi, this is me. And I, I'd love to work with you. Um, you'd really be surprised um, how many people. Yeah. Charles. Charles, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, you're cutting out a little yeah. bit. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, and I think that actually, though, though goes hand in hand with having really good content because, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, you had videos that were unique and different. You had good um, quality to them. So when you are kind of tweeting, you almost want to put your best foot forward and not necessarily tweet a video that you know, a shot on a webcam and they're going to look at it and be like, oh, okay. Right. It's got to be something that I would think catches the attention of somebody. Yeah, yeah, they are just human. They all are. But at the same time, when you've got half a million, 600,000 subscribers, you got a lot of people tweeting you and a lot right. of people reaching out to you. So what is it exactly. that's going to make them pay attention to you? I think the other thing is a lot of big YouTubers are very focused on brand and staying with their brand. So you want to... When you approach a larger YouTuber to collab, you want to make sure that you, you know, you don't want to come off like, oh, I'm, I'm just want to be in a video for a shout out. You yeah. want to say, I, you know, it's like if you were in an in, impression in and you were at like a, a business convention and you approach someone, you want to approach them in a professional way and say, you know, I love your channel and I would really love to work with you. And you want to make it sound like, oh, I just want to get a shout out or I just need, you know, to be in your video. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. You don't want you want to add value. You want to do something different and not just, right. not just bug them. Um, so one of the things that I always ask people that come onto the show was, is there a tipping point maybe that you experienced or a video that went viral or something that might have catapulted your channel to kind of that next level? I did have one video. It didn't go, well, I wouldn't say it went viral, but it got larger views than I had experienced before. It was my Beauty Guru parody. Oh, I see. Um, it's one. my yeah. most viewed video. And that was so on a whim. I did that and I, I didn't even think anything of it really. And it went up and then people fell in love with it. Um, the tipping point, though, I would say was just really interacting with my audience. Once I got the audience, keeping them there and talking with them, and, which I love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love interacting with people on Twitter. I answer as many tweets as I can, if all of them. I answer all my Snapchat. I love interacting with people. I think the tipping point was right after I hit 15,000 subscribers, I think I started to see a lot of growth and a lot of other YouTubers started mentioning me and I had never contacted them before. Mm. I, I, you know, YouTubers, you'd say, oh, I, I mentioned you in a video or I'd like to work with you and do a collab. YouTubers that I had never you know, contacted. I, I, I was a fan of them, but I'd never contacted. And it was surprising to me. And that tipping point, I, that was the tipping point, was when people started to, larger YouTubers started to recognize me. Mm. So it was right after 15,000, I think. I don't know if that has something to do with YouTube's recommendations or whatnot. After 15, maybe you're more searchable. Yeah. But at, at about 15 is when I started to see the growth really roll in really fast. So how long ago, so right now we're at the, um, and this, this, um, interview will probably air in you know a few weeks but right now we're kind of like beginning of september and you mm-hmm. have right now like around thirty-two thousand subscribers 
when was that when you had about 15? How long ago? Oh, I don't remember exactly. Um, I know I gained about 200 a day. So, but, so I don't know exactly when it was 15. Um, I don't yeah. remember exactly. Okay. But, but yeah, but that was like the but, tipping point. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, do you ever experience any kind of struggle with being on YouTube? And especially now that you're, you know, this is kind of your full-time thing. Is there anything that you struggle with? Um, I think the struggle was more in the beginning. There's, it's hard to stay motivated when you don't have a lot of people watching in the beginning. Sometimes you can feel like, oh, you know, I'm just not going to, it's not going to happen for me. I should call it quits. So that was kind of hard to, mm. in the very beginning, keep making content. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for a lot of people that are just starting out when they first start and they're not, I mean, I started with zero, 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 zero views, zero subscribers, zero everything. When you first step, it's really hard to motivate yourself to continue to make content because no one's, you feel kind of sometimes you can feel defeated. Um, but the most important thing is to keep making content. But as of now, I really wouldn't say there is any struggle. I think it's, it's just really a wonderful, wonderful, enjoyable thing that I'm, I'm completely in love with. So, I mean, that You're sounds so like dream. cheesy. <laughs> you know, it sounds so cheesy and cliche. I'm like, oh, I love my job. But no, like, but that's if awesome. I really have to like rack my brain for like a struggle, mm-hmm. um, I really can't think of one. Like I, when I turn on the camera and turn on my lights and start to film, I like, it's so fun. Yeah. It's so enjoyable. Like I can't think of anything, even editing and like the boring stuff like optimization and stuff. I love like every aspect of it. So I can't really think of like, I mean, occasionally I get some uncomfortable comments, but that I think is just a part of the deal. I wouldn't really call it a struggle. Yeah. And I think that's good. I mean, you're honest. I mean, and I think it's great because you are at a point less than a year later where you're able to kind of, like I said, live the dream and achieve that goal that a lot of people that start off doing YouTube aspire to. And Mm. so um, I think it's an honest thing to say, no, I'm loving it. This is amazing. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. (laughs) There's nothing, you know, there's nothing bad. I mean, yeah, it's it's work. Isn't isn't anything else work, you know? Right. Yeah. So you had mentioned that you, do you still upload a video every single day? I occasionally I'll miss one day. Um, I think the most I've missed is two days in a row. But for the most part, um, oh, can you hear me? I just want to, because the video. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. Um, But yeah, I do a video every day. um, And I I love that schedule. I feel like if I did less than that, I would feel like kind of creatively stifled. And I have so many ideas and I love to put out content Mm -hmm. um, that if I did like one video a week, I would be like, I don't know how I would survive, honestly. I love being able to put out content every day and get so much new interaction and interact with people. How do you come up with all that content? Like how do you come up with all the ideas of what to put up? Um, sometimes I just think, you know, if, if I was a viewer, what would I want to watch? Mm-hmm. I think I, I really like to treat my viewers with a, like I, sometimes I feel like you, some larger YouTubers can be a little bit patronizing to their viewers. Mm-hmm. And I like to treat my viewers just like friends. Like if we were sitting in my house and I said, hey, come over. What would we chat about? What would we want to, honestly want to talk about? So I don't like to call them fans. I don't like to be like, hey, guys, you know, like mm-hmm. Team Charles. They're people that are, you know, the sole support of my whole YouTube career. Yeah. And so I just think if, if they're all my friends and I was to invite all of them over, like, what would we chat about? So I try to keep it very, like, all on the same plane. Very. Mm-hmm. So that's very easy. I just think about it in, like, a conversational sense. Um, and then fashion, like content wise, I just get my ideas from like fashion magazines or what's happening now or whatever's on my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of video every single day. Is it five days a week or seven days a week? 
Hello? Seven. So seven days a week? Yeah. Wow. And so do you have like a schedule or is it just kind of just spontaneous or do you try and film a few videos a day or how do you work that whole thing out? Um, Occasionally I'll do uh, pre-filming. So I'll film like four or five videos in one day Mm -hmm. and schedule them. And the reason I do that is just because if I set everything up and I'm filming, I might as well get a few videos done. Yeah. Um, but I try not to film too many in one day because then I feel like they sometimes lose relevancy. Yeah, and they get stale. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but sometimes I'll pre-film, but I usually like to do it one video a day um, wow. as I go. And I like to upload at noon or have them scheduled for noon um, just so that people kind of know when my videos are going to kind of pop up. Mm-hmm. And is that, is noon a time just so you said, so people that subscribe to you know that that's when you upload the videos or is there anything else you do you think noon do you get more views in general or um no i mean you can look at like optimization like yeah. best times to upload best time of day best day but noon for me was kind of just spontaneous i just started choosing that time because uh it was just convenient for me and i think it's you know it i i don't it doesn't say on my channel like new videos at noon mm-hmm. um but then i chose got it um, so, okay, let's talk a little bit about, um, a little bit about making money on YouTube and sponsors. We talked briefly mm-hmm. about it earlier. So at what point did you actually get those types of opportunities? Um, I think that, I, I mean, like subscriber base, I would say it was around past 5,000 mm-hmm. subscribers, um, is when brands started to contact me. Um, yeah, I think it was right around there. And what types of things were you doing? Like sponsored videos or like what, what things were you doing for these brands? Um, well, I started doing sponsored tweets and um, a few sponsored Instagram posts when I first started, when mm-hmm. brands first started contacting me. And then um, I started doing some sponsored videos. And it's a hard medium, though, because you a lot of viewers feel like if you do sponsored videos, you're Selling not out. being honest. Mm-hmm. Right. And you get comments like, oh, you're a sellout. But I, and I know every YouTuber says this, but I make a point to work with brands that I honestly love. And, and you know, I feel, you know, it'd be like if, if I was promoting just every, everything that came my way, it'd be one thing. But I do sponsor videos so spaced out that um, I, I think it really shows that I'm not just choosing everything. And are these opportunities, do they, come, do they all come to you or have you ever reached out to any brands? Um, I think, I, I don't recall reaching out specifically. I reached out, I mean, some brands have like heard of me if I tweet about them, but I'm not like intentionally contacting them. Mm-hmm. But I don't think any of the opportunities came from me like writing to a company saying, here's my channel, you know, I want to do a, a, an opportunity for you. Well, that's great. So um, so right now you you work with different brands and, and all that. And, um, and, is there anything else that you're doing when it comes to YouTube and kind of providing an income or is it mainly like sponsored videos and, and AdSense? It's mainly sponsored videos and AdSense. Mm-hmm. Um, my main thing is the money isn't the motivating factor for me. If I wasn't making any money on YouTube, I would still do it because yeah. I love my audience. I love interacting with people so much um, and I just love being on camera and talking. So honestly, and I, it sounds like, cliche but without the money there I honestly still would do YouTube because 
that wasn't my motive. I started, I wasn't like, I'm going to be rich. I want to go viral. I want to be, you know, this, I, I, my goal was, I want to be entertaining. I want mm-hmm. to, you know, in, have fun with people. And so my, I supplement my income definitely with the Photoshop retouching. That is mm-hmm. like, even though it's not as much as of my time, it's a large part of my income. Got it. Okay. All right. So we're moving into kind of the, the last part of the interview, which is the, I call it the beauty bonus round. Mm. And um, it's kind of a series of questions that I ask everybody that comes onto the show. So you ready? Yes. All right. So what are your three holy grail kind of, I guess, because you're a fashion guy, let's say like fashion, beauty, whatever kind of items. Okay. So beauty products, I'd say my like three holy grail. And the first one I've mentioned, I think in almost every video is Chanel number five. I think a fragrance is, yes, a fragrance is to me like the most amazing. It it completes an outfit. It completes a look. It's necessary for everyone. I put on Chanel number five every day. It's just my like (laughs) go-to. My second holy grail beauty product is one I just found. It is from Bite Beauty. It's their Lush Lip Tint Mm -hmm. in Lychee. And um, for me, like lips are like the focus of the face. Mm -hmm. And one of my pet peeves is like when I talk to someone and they have chapped the lips or even not just chapped, but like, I don't know when there's just nothing there. It sounds very superficial, but it's just something I focus on. And so the, the lychee, lychee lush lip tint, it's a a tongue twister is a really like amazing product. I think, especially for guys, a lot of guys write to me and say, I want to start trying cosmetics, but I'm not confident. I think it's a great like starter because it's not super tinted and it's Mm -hmm. a great product. For like getting started, is it good for like moisturizing? Is that what? Oh my god, yeah, mm. yeah. It has a, I think it has a core of agave, mm. um, it, and bites all about moisturization and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's super moisturizing. And what's the third? And the third one, I, I'll do a fashion item. Is my handbag? I think I uh, tried and true. I have to go back to handbags. I think a handbag <laughs> is so important for an outfit for every look. It's I kind of feel like it's an extension of your home. And to some people, it's just a handbag. But to me, it's like your little personal compartment you take with you everywhere. It can elevate an outfit. It can change an outfit. It can take you in so many different places. So I think a handbag is just something I always have to have with me. You got to, let's pick one. If you have to pick, let's pick your, one. Yeah. If you have to pick the, your favorite or like a okay, go-to. If I could only have one handbag in my entire life. Yes. And this will, this will surprise a lot of people if they've been watching my videos. Um, I would say the Louis Vuitton Speedy. Oh, it's okay. just classic, perfect. I think it's the perfect price. It's the perfect material. It's the perfect. Everything about it is just so functional and everything down to a science. Uh, that handbag is tried and true. You know, it, I think it's just the the perfect handbag. Um, the handbag I'm currently using is from MCM. But mm-hmm. if I could only have one handbag forever, yeah. that would definitely be it. Got it. So what are your three holy grail work items for your channel? So it could be a type of equipment or editing, something like that. Definitely lighting. It definitely is good lighting. I think lighting is so key on YouTube. And it, some people are like, oh, who cares? I'll just sit in front of a window. But it really makes a difference in, like, I, I can't, like, explain how many times I've watched a YouTube video and I, like, am angry because there's, like, a harsh shadow on the side <laughs> of someone's face. Yeah. So for me... The first thing I do when I film is I set up my lighting. I like get all my lights perfect. I check everything. And then the second thing I think is having good equipment that works with you. So my laptop, having a fast laptop, um, because, you know, when you go to edit a video, you don't want it to be a task. You want it to be easy. You want it to be fast. And editing is part of the creative process. So my laptop is definitely my, my next key item. And then my third item is 
I would say is another beauty item is face powder because always during my videos, I'm like blotting and making sure I I check myself. So let's talk a little bit about the lighting. So what do you use for lighting? Um, A lot of YouTubers use fluorescent lights. So Mm -hmm. cold, white lights, um, because they're very easy to color balance. They're really easy on skin tones. I really like tungsten lights, the hot, like classic theater tungsten lights that like are like orange wash. Mm. Uh, And unfortunately on my webcam, I can't adjust like the white balance or anything. So I look like I have like an orangey red cast, (laughs) but I love the like tungsten lights that I use one key tungsten light with Mm -hmm. barn doors and I shine it through a silk scrim. And then I use a light underneath my face to reduce any harsh shadows. And I use a third light on my side so that there is a shadow on one side of my face, but it's kind of less intense. So like a three light setup. Where, where do you put the one in front of your face? I put it underneath. Um, I used to just use um, a white reflector, mm-hmm. but I put a light underneath on the floor shining up so that, like right now, it's actually funny. I have um, a hand mirror underneath oh. my webcam so that if I take it away, you see like my face. Oh. Yeah. Oh God, so that's I like. interesting. Yeah. I wonder, it's, I, wonder it's a, if that, it's a, I have a mirror right here. Let me try it. Did it make a difference or no? You have to put it real close up there. Oh. I have it like right on the table. And it, it but then really. You can see the mirror. Well, see, my mirror, this is like my mirror, and it's like, it actually lights up, though. That's a problem. Oh. And so that's not going to work. I'm going to try that trick. That's interesting. Yeah, I always have to have a light underneath. Oh, uh, I've never and, heard anybody and, say that. Yeah, it's a tip. I used to work on when I did photography as a hobby, and when mm-hmm. I retouch all the photographers, I get so many retouching notes lift the highlights under the face, soften the shadows. And I always think if the photographer had just used a reflector or bounced some light underneath, they wouldn't have, I wouldn't be having to do this in retouching or, but definitely that's like my number one. If I could only use yeah. like two lights, it'd be a main light and then something to get the light under my face. The light underneath. So right now yeah. you're, you're only using a mirror because you have the webcam, but normally you would have like an actual light. That- right. I have a light and then I use a soft white umbrella and it just diffuses the light evenly underneath my face um, and it reduces shadows. It just makes it all look clean wow. and even. I'm yeah. going to try that. That's a- it's a good tip. It's a good tip. It's, it's so easy and you can even use like a whistle. It's just underneath. It just bounces the light underneath. Where did you get this equipment? Did you get it on Amazon or did you get it from like a special... I, there's a store in Manhattan called B&H Photo, mm. and I bought all my lighting, all my camera equipment from them. Mm-hmm. They're great. And okay. Yeah. So I kind of had the photography base knowledge of how to like yeah. light subject well. Um, so it was kind of a learning curve applying that to video, but um, I just kind of played around and tinkered and kind of saw what worked. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's, really, that's, that's a really good tip. Um, what do you use to edit? I used to use iMovie. When I first started, mm-hmm. I I think that a video should carry itself regardless of how well it's edited. You know, I don't think okay. a video has to have crazy transitions and like popping stuff. I think if your content's good, then the video, I mean, I, I edit my videos, of course, extensively to like cut out um, pauses and stuff and, and ums and stuff like that. But I don't think it has, there's a need for like heavy editing. So my whole thing was like simplicity, simplicity. Let me use iMovie movie but i decided i said well everybody's talking about final cut pro yeah. there's got to be something about it that that i'm like missing so i got it um is it any better i don't know <laughs> i mean it's made a few things easier like 
putting in titles, but titles, yeah. I think my movie is fine. But I do use Final Cut Pro. It's just a lot of editing, editing out like human stuff, like noises that we make and yeah. like a chair creaking or if I stumble over my words or if I say something. I have very offensive humor and dark humor and sometimes it, I'll let that be, all my videos have that in it, but sometimes I'll make a joke and I'll say, ooh, that's too, too much and I have to cut that out. <laughs> I'm kind of like in that, that phase too because I use iMovie and I actually have Final Cut Pro and I just don't use it because I just, I need to sit there and learn it and like, right. and it's like iMovie's been fine for me, but people are like, oh yeah, Final Cut Pro and this and that. So it's like, oh, but I kind of feel the same way when it comes to editing. I almost feel like if you're producing good content, yeah, you have to edit some things here and there, but the content should speak for itself. And like you said, you do everything else. You make sure you're unique. You make sure you have good lighting. You make sure, you know, you have good content that hopefully it mm-hmm. doesn't require a ton of editing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the little things on YouTube that make the biggest difference. A light under the face. I mean, no one would even think of that, but it's yeah. these little things, these little touches that um, that I think make a huge difference. Like, I just changed my filming background, and I didn't think that, you know, it was a big deal in, mm. in the beginning, but I set up a corner of my room to to film specifically, and I made the background really nice. And it's made a huge difference. I think it's, mm. you know, it, it kind of changes the mood of a video. So it's little things... Um, that I that you change or you put in and out of a video or changing the color balance of a video um, that, that make a huge difference. What did you? How did you change your background? Um, well, I used to just film on a white wall, mm-hmm. and I would kind of tint it blue in Final Cut. I would change my white balance. I had a little bit of a cooler tint, but I got comments. People said, "Love your videos, but." Your background sucks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because you see all these beauty gurus and big YouTubers with like this beautiful, perfect little corner with candles and a picture frame with an inspirational quote. And like, you know, their perfectly groomed cat is sleeping in the back. Yeah, and they, yeah. I don't know. Like Fresh cut flowers. Collection that, like, of Chanel yeah. makeup. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And the randomly placed products that are put there and it's perfect. And so I said, you know, I'm going to make a cute little nook in my room that mm-hmm. it makes it feel even more like my viewers are just sitting with me in my house. It's not so professional that it looks like it's a set but it's 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 a set it's a nice cleaned up softer more homely looking back not homely homey or lived in my (laughs) my other background being just blank it just looked like I was filming on like seamless paper it didn't have any personal touch to it Mm -hmm. so I put some fashion books I did the classic beauty guru candles I did a vase or two some magazines it looks like I'm not shooting you know in in a white plain space so you don't rely on natural light then no i hate natural light i like to create everything very manicured i like to i'm very like in my personality i like to control everything yeah so if i can control the lighting down to every shadow every like cast yeah so i like to do that that's interesting because i'm i'm so funny because i'm grappling with the same thing right now because i do the natural light right because i i have like i where I live, I have some natural light, but this background is like my, you know, my husband and I shared office. It's not like a cute little beauty, whatever background. And I'm right. grappling with the idea of like, well, do I not use a natural light and go somewhere else in the house where I know I can set it up? But everyone says natural yeah. light's better. You're the first person who actually said, no, I don't do natural light. Like I'm not into it. Everyone well, natural- usually says like, oh my God, the best light is natural light. Yeah. So, natural like, oh. light is great for skin tones it's just natural light is very easy when you go to post-production yeah with artificial light you can really skew skin tones you can really mess up 
a lot with with artificial light if you're not careful. So, but I take the time to edit every video in color as well as just mm-hmm. cutting out um, like blips and blurs here and there. Um, so I color grade all my videos extensively to make sure that my skin tone is matched in all the the different clips, and I make sure that there isn't too many harsh highlights or any you know harsh color casts or anything like that. Um, so it, artificial light exclusively using it and really working with it is a lot more effort. Yeah. Natural light does look great on the skin. Mm-hmm. And especially for beauty video, videos, if you use artificial light, you can change the color of the makeup. And it's really important. Beauty gurus, you know, they swatch stuff and they need to show their viewers. If you're not using good lighting, a, a plum lipstick could look a completely different color. Yeah. So natural light is great for that. But because I'm not like swatching anything, if I do have to show like a, an item of clothing or something... Um, as long as you know how to color grade, I think artificial light is, is a great option. But yeah, natural lights for me is just too unpredictable, yeah. especially in the city. A cloud passes by and you have to stop and wait. Or, you know, I don't know, a tree branch makes a shadow. Something natural lights just too unpredictable for me and I like to be in complete control. And you've got the background though. You've got the knowledge. You've got that Photoshop background. Yeah. So you use it and it's... Yeah, and it's yeah. not a hard thing to... It's, I think it's just, and you can watch, there are so many basic principles of like just three light setup, um, how to work with shadows. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I didn't go to like film school or anything. I'm all self-taught. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Um, all right. So who is your YouTube inspiration? Oh, that's such a hard question. But if I had to go and choose someone that I watched the longest, I think it would be Shane Dawson. And even though he is so completely polar opposite of what I do in terms of genre, he doesn't do like fashion or beauty. He's very like parody sketch. I watched him for so long and he's so candid and so real Mm -hmm. and so different than so many other YouTubers that when I first started, I, I said, you know, I said, if I can make it halfway as successful as Shane Dawson, that would be incredible. Or even a quarter of a quarter or a percent of a percent. Um, but I always think that no matter he and he stayed relevant for so long, so he's definitely my one of my biggest inspirations. Got it. What would you not do again if you were to start your channel right now? Um, if I would to, was to start my channel again right now, I would make sure that when I first started, I was more careful about careful about some of the things I said in some of my really early videos. I did. I was kind of like, oh well, if not that many people are watching, I don't have to filter myself. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and I had to go back and actually delete like a couple videos. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I'm very opinionated, and I would make critiques of other YouTubers, or I would make critiques about like pop culture that were very biting. And I would look back and I'd go, oh my god, I can't believe I said that. Yeah, yeah. What was I thinking? Like. And everybody says these things to their friends and you know what I mean? But like there are certain things you just can't say to an audience. So uh, I had to go back and delete some videos. So if I was going to start again, I would just say filter myself extremely. But now I'm all about, you know, like being candid. But when I say filter, it's just remember that your audience is very impressionable and they're a large group of people and and you don't want to say anything that, I don't care about my image. I don't care how I, I'm fine with, you know, embarrassing myself and whatever, but I don't want to say anything that would offend or hurt anybody because mm-hmm. that's the last thing I want my videos to do. You said that your beauty guru parody was like one of your most popular. Did you get any backlash from that? Um, I, I don't. I think I got a couple comments. 
saying like, oh, this is a parody of this specific beauty YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had that a couple times with videos where someone will say, oh, you're making this video about so-and-so and you're kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have no, you didn't do that. But, yeah. but other than that, no, no, I didn't really get much hate on that video. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, when I look back at it, I would, I'm shocked that I put it up cause it's so like yeah, out yeah, there, is. but like, it's good um, though. It's funny. It's, I mean, but yeah, I, I, now if I was to do a parody, there's a fine line between doing a parody and people assuming that you're making it about someone specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happened in recent videos where I'll talk about a trend I don't like and someone will say, Oh, you're talking about this specific YouTuber because they happen to put up a picture with the trend that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's someone I'd never even heard of. And I'm like, well, I, I didn't, but how do you, you know, convince people that? Yeah. How do you, yeah. yeah it's what your truth doesn't, isn't necessarily the, re, you know, your reality isn't necessarily their truth. And it's just, yeah, they're going to make right. up things in their mind regardless. And it doesn't matter. Exactly. So, um, what are you glad that you did do when you first started? I'm really glad that I stuck with it. I'm really glad that mm-hmm. even when I had zero, 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 and I was getting five views of video mm-hmm. and no one knew anything about who I was, I, I could have just said, you know, this is not going to work. And, you know, people aren't watching. But I'm really glad that I, I love YouTube so much that I was just like, you know what? Let's do this. Who cares if anyone watches? I'm enjoying it. And that's what's important. I'm happy. And the three people that are watching it are happy. So yeah. I'm really happy that I was persistent and that I stuck with it and that I just kept on going. Yeah. I mean, it takes, that. takes a lot to continue going, especially when you're putting up a video every day. Yeah. Yeah. And putting up a video every day when I first started doing that and I wasn't getting that many views, I, I, sometimes I would say, Oh my God, can I, you know, this is a lot, but yeah. I, but once I turn on the camera, I just, it's like, I fall in love with it all over again. I'm like, this is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think the main thing is even when I was getting just a few views, even if I got one comment, if someone would write, oh, I love your video or, you know, I have a question, that would motivate me. I'd say, make another video for that person who made that comment because mm-hmm. they care. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think even having one viewer is motivation. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what is the best opportunity you received as a result of being on YouTube? Um, it's actually, I've been surprised at the opportunities that open up when you have an online influence. Yeah. And it's it's very shocking, like when people refer to my viewers as fans or when people like, like when I look at my subscriber number even I'll look at it and I'll say 31,000 people or 32,000 people it's like mind-blowing but like opportunities specifically um I've been invited to some events in the city um fashion related events because people will say we've seen your channel we'd love to invite you to an event and that kind of is like mind-blowing to me um I haven't really taken a lot of those opportunities surprisingly um because they, I found out a lot of people just want something from you. Um, and so some of the opportunities I get, they kind of have like this weird duplicitous undertone to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless the opportunity is something I'm really interested in. Um, but other than that, like, I, wouldn't, I haven't been invited to the VMAs yet. So, Charles, that's, that's it. That's, uh, that's our interview. Do you have anything else you want to add? And where can everybody find you? Um, everybody can find me on YouTube, just Charles Gross. Um, and then Instagram is Charles B. Gross and Twitter is the Charles Gross. Those are my handles. Um, and Snapchat. I have to include Snapchat. Snapchat's blowing up. Um, just Charles Gross on Snapchat. Awesome. Yeah, guys, if you haven't checked out his channel, check it out. He has 
That that beauty guru parody is hilarious, but he's got some great videos. <laughs> All right, thank Charles. You. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I loved it. Oh, good. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. That's our interview. And thank you so much for joining us here. Once again, I am your host, Erica Vieira. And for all show notes and videos and more goodies, make sure you go to the Beauty and the Vlog website at beautyandthevlog.com and check out our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Beauty and the Vlog. Thanks so much, guys. Mwah. <laughs>